You're listening to the NYY Sports Talk podcast hosted by Christian and Chris. Head to nyysportstalk.com to subscribe to the show and check out the fan shop so you can swag up on great NYYST apparel. Stay on top of all the latest with the New York Yankees, including breaking news, in-game updates, and incredible fan giveaways by following on Twitter at NYY Sports Talk. It's now time to talk Yankees baseball. Welcome back. This is episode 64 of the NYY Sports Talk podcast presented to you by BrandonRandiniFitness.com. BrandonRandiniFitness.com, where lifestyle and fitness go hand in hand. I'm your host, Christian, as always, joined by my co-host, Chris. You. And Stack Guy Rye. What up? Feels like we haven't done a show in a while, fellas. I know. I was thinking like, that today. Like when really, was our last one? Well, we because the Yankees played Sunday Night Baseball, we did it early Sunday right. last week. And it feels like it's just been a really long week. It was a really long week. Uh, we're A good week. For the Yankees, yes. Yeah, six um, and one. Little odd recording time. We're recording on Monday evening, about six o'clock. Yanks are getting ready to play a makeup game with the Mets. It should be a hell of a pitching matchup should the weather hold up. I mean, how many times have we said that this year? Should the weather hold up? Especially against the Mets. Is this their second makeup with no. the Mets? They didn't have to play a doubleheader? No, they didn't play a doubleheader versus the Mets this year. Uh, uh Sevy, who you hope has found something after he kind of self-corrected a little bit in the Red Sox game. And his final stat line didn't look so great against the White Sox, but his stuff looked better. Yeah. I I feel like we said that against the Red Sox, too, where he started rough and it looked like he was on again. And then he comes out against the White Sox and he gives up a few runs uh, early and settles in, so... You also don't want him to fall into that type of pattern either. No. Uh, when your ace is on the mound, you want him to hold the game down for as long as possible until the until the offense wakes up. So it's Seve versus Degrom tonight. Which I mean, if those two guys are on, we might be looking at a two to one ball game. Right. Maybe. Uh, maybe. The reason why we are recording on Monday is that NYY Sports Talk had an outing at Yankee Stadium yesterday. You've heard us talk about it on the show uh, numerous times. Yesterday was our uh, Mallory's Army outing, I guess, for lack of a better term, where we met with the Grossmans and uh, for the fundraising effort that we did. Um, we just want to take the time at the beginning of the show to thank Mindy Levine and New York Yankees. Their hospitality was off the charts yesterday. Um it was an incredible experience, not only for us as lifelong Yankee fans to be on the field and meet the players, players, <laughs> sliders, um, but to see the positive impact it had on a family that has really dealt with a lot of tragedy, and yeah. to even to get their mind off of that for even a couple hours, if it, it's very. Re- Self rewarding. I yes. don't mean to say sound selfish by saying that, but to There's know no that selfless good deed to to be able to be partially responsible for bringing some type of ease to a family in pain. I mean, it, it feels good, and we hope that um, the grocers enjoyed themselves as much as we did yesterday. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the only downfall of uh, yesterday's game ruined basically a perfect afternoon was Sunny Gray. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, CeCe was so great yesterday. Gave up one hit over, however, six innings he pitched. Yeah, Pretty sure. You know, no earned runs, one hit. And Sonny Gray comes in, and he comes in in a spot where the Yankees were really hoping he could give him a few innings and, and finish out a 7 nothing ball game because you got, you know, the Yankees are in a stretch of 20, right? 20 straight days. Yeah, there's the a doubleheader in there, too. So, I mean, at that point, in a 7 nothing game, if you can go to Sonny Gray to finish that out, you know, you're really helping the workload of everyone else. And, you know, right away, he gives up, within the first couple batters, few batters, gives up more hits than CC did all game. Well, Sonny gave up five hits in eight batters yesterday. One inning, five hits, two earned runs on 25 pitches. This is what you and I were talking about the game yesterday. And since this is on the track, this is the track that we're on right now, let's just get this out of the way. Uh, 
Sonny Gray was phenomenal the other night in Chicago. He, he was, I mean, the best I've seen him look as a Yankee. They had no um, Aroldis Chapman. That was the second game in Chicago. Chapman was still on the shelf from being a little worn out from throwing 39 pitches and blowing a save against the Red Sox, which, I mean, let's now that we brought that up, is that something we need to continue to worry about with him? He hasn't looked sharp in a, in a good good number of appearances I now. think he's just in a bad funk. And this is around the time last year where he lost his job. Yeah. So, I mean, does he hit an, an August swoon where, like, he just he loses to it? To be him? fair, though, this kind of just started. And last year, by the time he lost his job, I feel like it was a much longer process of him failing before he lost his job. I feel like it was more towards the beginning of July where the whole the entire bullpen remember those games where they were up like four one in the eighth? I, I remember a game against the Astros. They were up like five one or something, and next thing you know, Batances was blowing it. Chapman oh my god! I remember it. that? I remember that game. They ended up yeah, that game got away quick. But I mean, Batances walked like seven guys. But I mean, how long did that? Remember how many games nah. that it felt like that happened? Almost every game, if the Yankees didn't have an eight nothing lead, they were. Blowing leads late in the game? Was that before they added Robertson and Canely? I honestly don't remember. It was, I believe. It was. Yeah, but then they got it together. So that was like June, and that's really when when Chapman's... End of June is really when Chapman's struggle started. Mid-July, they pick up, you know, Canely, Robertson, and uh, Frazier. The team started winning again. And Chapman continued to struggle before he lost his job. So this is well. Let's start. Let's do this then, real quick. What is Aaron Boone to do? Because everybody says that Chapman can't go on these long stretches without pitching. He comes out rusty, like the Met game where he nearly blew that game and chasing Shreve out to sh- uh, save him. And then we saw in the Red Sox game where he hadn't pitched in a while. And then he walks three guys, and all three of those guys scored. That's what cost them the game there. And then even you want to say that it was the rain on Saturday, but then he went from Sunday to was it? Did he have an appearance in between? I don't know, but then he might have. I I think he did. I'm not sure, but he didn't look sharp in that one either. So maybe you want to say that was the rain. But what is Aaron Boone supposed to do? Is he just supposed to pick games out of the sky and say? Chapman has to pitch this game because I might, just in case I don't use him for six or seven days. Oh, and then what? And then he, and then Boone gets criticized for using him in a blowout, and then the next night they need him. Because so, remember the David Price Sunday night game against Seve when yes. uh, they they lit Price up and he went to his big guys in in that blowout after he took Severino out. And then out. the next day they needed him. And then he didn't have him. He didn't have him. Right. And then he got killed for that. He did. But then now he's getting killed for letting uh, Chapman stay on the, on the bench too it's long. It's a lose-lose. I mean. So what are you supposed to do? What is he supposed to do in that situation? It's hard. Honestly, it's hard to manage a bullpen like that. Saying, well, I got to get this guy work, but what if I use him in a blowout and then I need him three straight days and I can't use him in that third day? I mean, you can kind of take it as like, all right, Boone has openly admitted that every guy pretty much has set off days. Right, every position player, unless the circumstances call for, you know, something else, he pretty much knows when each guy is going to get a day off. Maybe you start doing that with someone like Chapman, except the opposite. Maybe, you know, you you look at his workload for the last, you know, week or so, and then as you start the new week, you say, look, if he's not in a game in a save situation by Wednesday or Thursday, I need to use him no matter what, right? And then you make sure that another big arm is available to take his spot. I mean, it would be a lot easier if Zach Britton was sharper than he's been. Uh, It seems like he finds his stuff and then all of a sudden loses the plate after he gets two outs. So maybe two outs and then you take him out of the game. Maybe. but Yeah, because he looks sharp. Was he did. That, he threw like four pitches on, on uh, Saturday. He got two outs. 
And then he yeah, there was walking. nobody on when that all started. So and there was two outs. I think maybe maybe Boone has to start looking ahead and saying, you know, if if Chapman goes X amount of days, maybe even put him on a pitch count when you bring him in. Maybe say you're going to give him 15 pitches, and no matter what the outcome, you know, at that point, if it's just a game you're throwing him in for for some extra work. You're assuming it's a blowout of some sort or a 6 nothing game or whatever. Maybe you put him on a pitch count and you say, look, once he gets in between 15 and 20 pitches, no matter what, I'm going to take him out of the game. But just to give him some in-game work in between not pitching a few days. I think it was the first time in his last save against Texas that they finally had somebody warming up in the bullpen when he started to struggle, right? I think Holder, yeah. Holder ended up getting up. Yeah, and, and that's another guy who really came came on yesterday and did a really nice job Great again. Job. Yeah, he built Sonny Gray because up time. that's a guy that has we, been struggling. We too. never thought we'd say it, but when he's been struggling, this whole bullpen is thrown out of whack because Holder's been the guy all year. He holds it together. He holds it together. Well, let's get back on the Sonny train here. You and I were talking about this when we were at the game yesterday. These are Sonny's home and road splits. You, you, you've heard them. Now it's time for Ryan to hear them. 2018 home road splits. Ready? <clears throat> He's got uh, 12 games at home, 11 starts, 50 innings pitched, 44 earned runs, 10 home runs allowed, and 30 walks. Now, the walks is going to... Here's why I told you about the walks, right? Because on the road... In 11 games, 10 starts, in 57 and two-thirds innings, meaning he's pitched more innings on the road, he walked 13 less batters. So he's, that, to me, shows right there he's scared to pitch at Yankee Stadium. He he's walking more men in less innings because he's, he's afraid to be in the plate. And in those 57 and two-thirds innings, he's allowed half the year in runs he's allowed at home. Uh, 22, wow. and he's only allowed thir- uh, three home runs on the road. The wow. guy's an unmitigated disaster at Yankee Stadium, but he's everything you want in a number two starter on the road. And you know what I'd love to do, too? I'd love to break down those road starts and see which ones he had a, a decent-sized lead in to see if he if it's a closer game even on the road, he's walking more guys than not. Because we've said it a million times, the guy, no matter what, he's pitching scared at Yankee Stadium. Scared. It was a seven to nothing game. And, and yeah, and then you can say he was extra aggressive yesterday, but then he, he loses his stuff and they're smacking him around. We hadn't seen a ball hit that hard for, from the Rangers all game. And then he comes in and he's getting lit up. It's a little slow. He gave up a couple of weak hits, but still, it doesn't excuse him for what he did yesterday. Yeah, to give up five hits and eight batters in one I mean, inning. Jeez, I was in the private like food area when he was getting taken out. I was like, wanted to rip the TV off the wall and while what? I was getting my Ben and Jerry's ice cream. We do oh, have nice. to give him a lot of credit, and I know we touched on it just before, but he was absolutely phenomenal in Chicago. To a point where I saw a completely different pitcher. He was motivated, fired up, but focused. above all else, he was confident. He That's was a he was a confident so Sunny Gray. Well, Sunny Gray, Road Grays. I mean, yeah. maybe there's something to that. Maybe, but it wasn't. I tweeted that it wasn't just the three innings pitched. It was how he was fired up at the end of the game that I just hadn't seen that at a Sunny Gray. And I said to myself, maybe right now this is a perfect place for him yeah. when he he's actually gonna give them something when he went into the bullpen i tweeted it and i said you know call me crazy but i sunny gray will have a big moment for the yankees coming out of that bullpen maybe he just shot his load in his first appearance and maybe that was it. well that's not too uh helpful i mean you we're know, gonna if if this guy's not gonna be in the starting rotation and we're gonna Put Lance Lynn in there, who has been absolutely phenomenal. What an ant. I love Lance Lynn. I he's love just, Lance He's the Lynn. complete opposite of Sonny Gray. Yeah, he, he just goes the out there and he takes care of business. He has. he has such an FU attitude on that mound. Yeah. Where he's like, I don't care. My fastball is what it is, but you, you, you're you not going to hit it. And if you do, screw it. I'm going to throw it again anyway. Right. And he uh, also has an attitude where he's not going to just throw you know, a pitch to get 
buy a guy. He's gonna, you know, let that guy walk if he has to, and he's gonna get the next guy. Sonny Gray doesn't really do that well that's, at all. That's the issue with Sonny. Even if he's pitching around a dominant hitter, he lets it bleed into the next at bat, mm-hmm. and he just he doesn't know how to isolate situations, and that's a problem. But again, I mean, what I saw out of him in Chicago, if it did nothing else, but prove to us that he has what it takes to be Just, a very no. successful And literally pitcher. yesterday when he came into the game, I said to you, I think I like this role for Sonny because he can just eliminate all the bullshit and become a two-pitch pitcher with his fastball, which he could probably geek it up to 96 if he wanted to now that he doesn't have to worry about stamina. Yeah. And his curveball, he could be an effective weapon out of the bullpen, and the words weren't even out of my mouth, and he already let up two runs. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if you could tell from your seats, but those uh, breaking balls were just hanging. Yeah, I I figured. I mean, it looked like they were staying over the plate. I mean, if nothing else, something was hanging. And every pitch, it was just like... Hit after hit. And it was funny, too, because sitting where we were sitting and CeCe's pitching all game and you're not really hearing the mitt pop that much. And then Sonny comes in and he's not known as as throwing hard per se but compared to cc here in 95 compared to 88 89 i was like wow he you know he's throwing pretty hard and it didn't matter and it just goes to show how location is everything so the yankees uh they couldn't have had a worse weekend in boston and they've recovered as good as you could have possibly hoped for them Coming, uh, yes. coming, playing Chicago sweep, taking three out of four from the Rangers on a six and one stretch here. So this is what you like to see for all the people that they can't beat bad teams. They beat bad teams, okay? They they, do. they just do. You're not 31 games over 500 by losing to bad teams, right? So, but it's this certain bad teams it's that they a do. certain bad team. It's two bad teams. Uh, well, I guess the to Rays your point, the Rays really aren't a bad, bad team. No. They're not bad. I wouldn't say the Rays are. They're they're good. They can be good. They're they're, team, one, they're the only average team in the American League. But this year, but to be fair, I mean the Yankees should take care of business still against them. And to be fair, the Yankees just don't play well in Tropicana Field. Like we looked at it the other day. The Yankees are 5 and 1 against the Rays at home but 1 and 5 against them at at the Trop. Yeah. So, and they they have a series coming up with them if I'm not mistaken. They should be there. It's tomorrow. Uh, it's yeah, they're tomorrow. They're, no, the Rays are coming in tomorrow for a three-game yeah. set. So, you know, you like to see the Yankees, and then what? And then who? Toronto, then right? Toronto, yeah. and then we go on. The, then we're on the road to uh, Miami for two of Miami, and then uh, four games in three days against Baltimore. Yeah, so so they the, gotta, they're still in a stretch here where they need to put some wins together. Yeah, they're, I mean they they play very mediocre teams until they play Oakland uh, that first week of September. They play. Uh, yeah, Tampa Bay, Toronto, Miami, Baltimore, then the White Sox and the Tigers. So. The Yankees have to put some distance in between themselves and the two wild card teams that are behind them before they go out on uh, that road trip. And that's why these next three games are really important for the Yankees because the Mariners and the A's are uh, playing one another. Are the Yankees better than the A's? Yes. Are the Yankees better than the Mariners? Yes. But to play those two teams back-to-back in a West Coast swing yeah. in early September is not easy. So you need to right now. You're at home. You're this whole stretch is basically taking place at home, where you dominate. So just do it. Continue to do it. And you know what? They're taking care of business right now. They they went six and one against the Rangers and the White Sox, and they you know they played in Chicago. It was the first sweep in Chicago. I tweeted the other day since 2011. So not something they do often. Um, Taking care of business. You got the Mets tonight, which in everyone's heads you're saying you got to kill the Mets. But Jacob DeGrom's pitching tonight. There's no shame if they lose tonight. No, there isn't. And But you know what? You know what we need to see? And it's okay if they get beat 2 to nothing because Jacob DeGrom's pitching. But we need to see Luis Severino as Luis Severino again tonight. That oh, is yeah. very important. If they lose a one nothing game because DeGrom's on top of his game, you know what? Uh, I'm not gonna. I, I'm not gonna be upset over it. The guy's the best pitcher. I mean, it baseball. sucks that they lost, but 
What are you going to do? It's Jacob DeGrom. Right. Yeah, we need to see Severino but go. So the, the key of tonight, the Yankees need to have their ace back on the mound today. Not a guy that... And here's another... Here's the common theme of the Mets season. Who don't they score for the most? Jacob DeGrom. Every single game, this guy's throwing eight innings, one run, seven innings, no How runs. How are you under they, 500 as a pitcher when your ERA is 177? Oh Imagine if he was a Yankee. He'd be 20-0 right now. He'd, He'd probably won. be 20 He got a win. Was it his last start or his start previous? It was previous? the first one in, in like, like 50 plus days. How do you, oh my how God. are you that good and have, don't have a win for nearly two months? It's unbelievable. Really, it's unbelievable. It doesn't, it, it doesn't happen. That doesn't happen. It's ever. unfathomable is yes. what it is. Yes. Uh, what else? There's no need to really go through all the games. The Yankees take care of business. They're no, winning. Yeah. They're hitting they home runs. Good. They're hitting, they're hitting home runs again, uh, which is very important, obviously, to this team. Um, I think they're back on pace to for break the Seattle the record. record. Yeah, they are. Uh, what do you call it? The, o- the only you – know, I was half facetious about saying Sonny ruined the day yesterday, but the really – the only kind of like thing that I wasn't too thrilled with was Tanaka was just straight-up garbage on Friday night. Yeah. He got, he, he got hit yeah. around. He got lit up. Yeah, I, I watched some highlights. Uh, I was at a wedding, but he didn't look good. But this is first loss since when? April first, April seventh, something like that. Oh, yeah, but at, at this time right now, the Yankees need him to be more consistent and not have there these actually, types of there games. There actually was something else that we were both very concerned about yesterday, and it's it's very topical right now. Uh, Miguel Andujar's well before really, let's, while we're talking about the pitching, we we didn't op- mention it when we opened up the show. CC Sabathia is on a disabled list. Yes. Uh, let me bring up the quote I was going to read before. Uh, on the 10 day, and I think we we knew the play that he tweaked that. No, this is a quote from Brian Cashman after they announced that Sabathia was on a DL. He said, uh, after a start yesterday, this speaking of Sabathia, he told uh, Stevie Donahue his right knee bothered him. During the start, Sabathia said he could benefit, that was his word, from skipping a start. Cashman said this is part of the program to manage the knee. He's not really surprised. Okay. What play did you think it was? That Romine? It the was one the where one where Romine got right in crossed between up? them. Yes. Hasn't he fallen down in like each of his last three starts? Probably. But just the way he fielded it, it was a very awkward play. Uh yeah, that's not an easy play for a lefty to make. No. Especially one that's 350 pounds. Yeah. <laughs> right. In a 100-degree day where the sun's beating down on you. But I'm not concerned with it. He'll be back by his next start. It sounds like it's going to be Luis Sessa taking his start because uh, the Rail Riders got rained out today. <clears throat> Excuse me. And uh, they refigured their rotation, and Sessa's not in it. So it sounds like he's going to get called up and uh, – Maybe be used out of a pen. Well, why don't you tell us the moves now that CeCe's on the DL? CeCe's on a DL. George Contos, who they brought in, is being called up, which tells you everything you need to know about the Yankees' mindset with Tommy Kingley right now. Yeah. Um, And I know Chris had a mini orgasm when he found this news out. Uh, Ronald Torres is back with the big club. Oh, definitely wasn't mini. I'll tell you that. <laughs> Luke Voigt got sent down. Thank God. Luke Voigt. He was to Ryan said it before though. You got to give him credit. He was really good at first base yesterday. Yeah, he saved Andujar from he was making really another good. two errors. Errors. Look, Sorry. I we all love Ronald Torres, but can we calm down, please? The Yankees are not going to go on this magical run now because Ronald Torres is back on the you team. You don't know that, and you he's know a what? utility player. But, but you're not. You're downplaying this because it's not just about that. Look at what he's done. The this was the most frustrating part was that he was producing more than anyone up here. Yes, instead I understand of him. that, but come on, he's not a game changing player. Where now the Yankees are just going to overtake the bullshit, Red Sox. Though. That's such bullshit. He's nice. How many games has he come in and been absolutely phenomenal? Where he makes a play or it's gets nice a base to have him back where on the puts team. This team back in back on top or saves four runs from the inning exploding. 
I mean, you can't sit here and say he's not an impact player just because he's a utility guy. Yeah, I can't say that. No, you can't. It's nice to have him it's back. False. On, it's nice to have him back on the team. But I think everybody's a little overexcited. This is not like Aaron Judge coming there's back. There's a reason why everyone's excited. Yeah, because they hate Shane Robinson. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, but it's more than that. We're we're we we saw a guy get sent down twice. When he really, performance-wise, didn't deserve to no, be sent down. No, he didn't deserve it. No, and, and I said but... this way before he got sent down. I said it last year. I said it this year. I'll say it for a second time this show. He makes a big play, whether it be up at bat or in the field, every single game that he plays in. Just That's saying. the kind of guy that you want up here right now. And just Yankees his presence is something. The Yankees aren't going to go 50-1 and one the rest of the way because Ronald Torres is here. And That's... you said it, and you said it yesterday, and it's the... And it is one hundred percent the truth that if Stanton wasn't feeling any pain or whatever he's feeling in his hamstring, he'd be in the outfield every day, and Miguel Andujar would not be at third base anymore. He'd be DHing. He's a liability at this point. He's a huge liability. You hold your breath, and he's and he's really been exposed now. I kind of didn't get on him after the Red Sox loss, even though. It was his error that led to the game-tying run because really that game is on a roll as Chapman. You can't walk three Red Sox and expect to win that game right. in Fenway Park. Right. But he had a bad game then. He was extremely sloppy yesterday. And we said it. We were sitting there watching him. He lets the ball play him. The second he takes a step back, it's, he's not making the play. He plays it just like Sonny pitches scared. Miguel Andujar fields a ball scared. It's in his... I, it's in his head right now, and it's a shame because his his bat plays. He is a lethal offensive player right now. One thing I could tell you, I, I played a lot of first base in, in my life. When you have that in your head that you're struggling fielding a ball and that you've made some bad errors, it is very difficult to overcome that because every single time that ball's hit to you, you're either waiting for it to eat you up or you're waiting to throw it away. And it's become almost every single play now, I feel like. And the guy's got a cannon. I do think, though, that he makes up for it offensively. And also you have to keep into consideration that he is a rookie because I I read an article today. I believe he's at 13 errors on the year. Jeter, in his rookie year, I think he made like 22 errors. 22. So you know, uh, it, you gotta you gotta let these guys. Yeah, you gotta you know, live with it because he's a 100%. rookie, but he's a lot. It doesn't mean he's not a liability. Oh no, he's definitely a defensive liability. But when you and now that you step up offensively yeah. like that, right? You and now that Torres is here, you're gonna see him replace late in these games. Yeah, I'm fine with that. And right to your point, if he wasn't producing the way he's producing, he's mm-hmm. not here right now. Absolutely, especially with the way Neil Walker's hitting the ball, he's not here right now. If he was hitting 220 right now, oh, forget it. He'd be long gone. No, he'd be in scrim. The Yankees need his bat in the lineup. They Absolutely. Can't, they can't play without Miguel Andujar What was that right stat now. you pulled up for us today? It was him and Stanton Him and combined. Stanton, since Judge has been on the disabled list, him and Stanton have combined to drive in 37% of the Yankees' runs. Wow. That's phenomenal. That's a lot. <laughs> and, you know, it's a shame because I loved when Andujar and Torres were, you know, carrying this offense, if you want to say that. Uh, it was a lot of fun, but man, Torres looks so lost at the plate. Is it just rookie? What do you think it is, though? Is it rookie wall? Is it the league maybe he's figured him out? He's got to adjust now. Is he not right from the hip injury? I think it's a matter of just kind of being in such a role. You get hurt, and you come back, and immediately he's you know has a few errors at second base, and that's kind of bringing him down. And then, you know, he's he's still got the pop in his bat. He has a few home runs since he came back. But at this point now, you know, he's trying to do too much. And I don't want to – I don't want to – Do you think he's putting pressure on himself because Judge and I, Sanchez are hurt? I don't think so. I was actually going to say I don't want to necessarily – necessarily say and that Boone is, and Boone's put him in, in premier spots batting him third batting him fourth do you think he's like you know I gotta I gotta be Aaron Judge right now no I, I let me get this out because I don't know how I want to word it here I don't necessarily want to think that this would be the truth because he's a professional baseball player but I think the pressure might be coming from Miguel Andujar and the fact that 
you know, they're lumped together. They were carrying this team together. And Anduar hasn't cooled off. He's gotten hotter. And now Torres is starting to struggle. And maybe he's putting Mickey that... Smalls. Ex- Mickey Smalls. Mickey Smalls. Maybe he's putting some extra weight on his shoulders here to, to pick up the slack and to keep up with him. I don't know. I You wouldn't want to think that a professional baseball player at, at any age would feel that way, but it could be. No, these guys put a lot of pressure on themselves. It could be, you know. He, and, and then to add that, you know, Judge is hurt and Sanchez isn't here. Yeah, I think it, it could all add up. So we were kind of spitballing through this at the game yesterday, and I think we should take the show down here. Miguel Is Miguel Andujar your future third baseman? No. And I said to you, look, I love Greg Bird, okay? Greg Bird. I just think the Yankees' moves of late are very telling. When you have Luke Voigt pinch hitting for your future first baseman, the guy who you, who's supposed to be here in for the long haul for your team, when you have a guy like Luke Voigt pinch hitting for him late in the game just because the lefty's pitching, that's not your future to me. And I and I honestly could see, I don't know if it would actually happen, I could see the Yankees trying to flirt with the idea of, of Andujar moving over to first. And then he's, if they're going to sign Machado like, like everyone thinks they're going to, then you have a spot for him. So you throw, you just back up the Brinks truck to Machado's house and let him take out whatever he wants, come play third base? Yeah. And then Miggy moves to first. That's and then bye I mean, bye birdie. I mean, I don't know. He's got to prove that he can be a competent first baseman. Well, watching- how is he going to prove that? You're not going to do it now. And then what? And what if in spring training, after you sign Machado, he doesn't show you that he can be an everyday first baseman? Then what? Is he a DH? Because yeah, then this is DH. what we were talking about. What is John Carl Stan's role on this team? Is he now an everyday outfielder? Yeah, maybe. Maybe, I mean that's those are the things you got to play in your head. Because, but I right but, feels locked up. But here's the thing, right? Miguel Andujar is a rookie, and I absolutely understand that. But when you have a guy who, through his entire time with this organization, what's his, been the knock on him? His one knock has been defense, and now he's been up here for ninety something games now, playing every single day, and he's and he's regressing. That's that's you know. That's not someone you're really going to have confidence in to get to that next level. I don't know. I mean, it's not like Jeter was a bad defensive player his whole career in the minor leagues and everything. No, he that was, was. He almost quit. Yeah, but. He made like 54 errors in his yeah, first but that year wasn't in pro a, ball. But that wasn't Ooh. ever the knock on, on Jeter, though. No one ever doubted his ability to play shortstop. No one ever did. He was never the. I think he, esta- he, he was eventually he, established himself, but there was question marks. At the yeah, beginning no, he and end didn't, of his he career. wasn't. He didn't enter the organization as a stud shortstop. Nev- but, he, but here's the thing: he was never touted as this incredible uh, shortstop. Whether he was a in the minor leagues or a professional player, he was never touted as a above average shortstop. But I don't think he was also knocked in saying that he wasn't going to be a competent shortstop. I think the Yankees always had confidence in him. To play shortstop. They don't have that with Miguel Andujar. And the fact that he's doing what he's doing now. Over this many games. At, you just kind of ask yourself. If it hasn't clicked yet. If he hasn't gotten there yet. At least to make some progress. When will it ever? Is that something you want to keep. You know. Experimenting with. Because come postseason. If, if Miguel Andujar is, has a ball hit to him. Close in a game. With a runner on second and two outs. I'm going to hold my breath and I don't know if he's going to make the play and they can't have someone at at third base that they can't trust. Manny Machado is going to force the Yankees to make a decision. They probably don't want to make because if Manny Machado is not a free agent at the end of this season, you're probably looking at the Yankees saying, you know what? He was a rookie. Maybe he, you know, we'll work, we'll drill him. We'll just work and and work him in spring training and he'll get better. But what if you do that and you say, you know what, we're going to do that. We're going to let Machado walk, and he never gets better. And then now you lost Manny Machado. And the, so now you yeah. have to think about now what if the Yankees are like, no, we have to get Machado. We have to lock up third base. We have to make sure that's not a, a defensive liability on our infield. So now, now look at now look at all the move. Sorry, now look at all the moving parts here. Now 
you got him. Now you got to do something with Miguel Andujar. Do you trade him? No, you can't. That's what I was just going to say because I knew that was going to be the first option that you presented. You can't. You absolutely can't. This guy has not just been good. He has really been such an impact player in this lineup. You can't trade a guy who's that good offensively. So now he's what? What is he to your team if you don't trade him? Is he your DH? Well, I gave you one option that I thought could be a possibility. So now, so this is, so follow the chain now. So now, if he's your DH, that means now that John Carl Stanton's got to play every day in the outfield. Do you want John Carl Stanton playing every day in the outfield? Maybe he picks up a first base glove. Hasn't that happened before? The Yankees totally shot down that idea of him or Judge playing the first, first base this yeah, season. Well, that was when they had, you know, they didn't have many holes at that point. Especially in the infield, or, or if you your next move is to say, well, we can play him at first base. Now you got to move Greg Bird. Are the Yankees ready to give up on Greg Bird? I don't know, but if they're gonna, they need him to up his value a little bit. I mean, yeah, he's been better, I guess, of late in certain stretches, but this guy's just not clicking. And I know, I know, we have to give him a full season. I'm on board with that, one hundred percent. But by now, I had expected him to click. And to shut everyone up. And he hasn't. But over and that's a problem. Over a full season, he's on pace for 27 home runs and 80 problem, RBI. Christian. He's so streaky. Yeah. That, lot, that's but, not the pace he's going to end up on. Chris, a lot of guys in Major League Baseball are streaky. The Yankees have about seven of them. But the Yankees are so <laughs> desperate for an offensive powerhouse at first base. But It's been as so As we were long. arguing about. Earlier in the week, they don't need an offensive powerhouse at second base, at uh, first base. They're look at where they're getting home runs from, where other teams don't get home runs. Yeah, Gary man. Sanchez is healthy. You're getting thirty bombs from a catcher. Teams don't get thirty bombs from your catcher. Plus the power shifted more so to the outfield now. Think I mean, about we, we their middle had infielder like and Gla- their middle infielders and Glaber and Didi are going to come close to fifty home runs this year. It's just so difficult for me. You to don't accept. teams don't get. 50 home runs from their middle infielders. It's so difficult. Miguel Andujar is going to hit 25 home runs. What's been their outfield the last decade, you'd say? The Gardner, Ellsbury's been in there, and Beltron's been in there, but he's not. you can't consider him a power option, Beltron. No, no, really not at the end of Who else career. did they have in right field besides Beltron? <laughs> Johnny Damon. Yeah, like they, they haven't had that power in the outfield in the yeah. last decade, and it's been the first base side with Giambi, Teixeira. There were times I Chris think, Carter. There were times I think when when uh, Brett Gardner led the outfielders with all mm-hmm. home runs. That's what I'm saying, though. The but, Yankees have their power dynamic has changed. That you mm-hmm. don't need a 45 but home it's run. It's very first difficult base. for me to accept the fact that we are going to have a defensive first baseman. <laughs> Why? It's it because it just and doesn't not, work like that. Yeah. W- it, it doesn't it does. work like that because first base is not defensively demanding. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying it's easy. I'm saying it's not defensively demanding. So but if you Chris, can turn one gonna, of these big hitters into a first baseman if you and open up another spot, you might want to do that. You can live with Greg Bird. I can't live with Greg Bird batting 220. No, the average is not good. But then again, you're the guy that says average doesn't matter. So if he's when gonna, you're when you're mashing home runs or coming up big but, with with runners in scoring position, it, look, you can bat 220. But if you're batting 300 with runners in scoring position or 250 or 280 with runners in scoring position and you have, you know, at this point for Bird, 15 home runs instead of nine when you're supposed to be a a power lefty bat, then I'd shut my mouth. But the guy's batting 220, maybe lower than that now, with nine home runs and what, 27 RBIs? And guess what? He was at like 15 RBIs until one stretch where he was hot again. And then he just falls back off the earth and i don't think the yankees want that in their first baseman again it's so telling to me that luke voigt is pinch hitting late in a game against who their rival their division rival so you're telling me that the yankees have that much faith in greg bird greg bird should be a guy no matter who's pitching late in a game you want him over any other option let alone a guy like Luke Voigt, who doesn't have any major You're league. asking Brian Cashman to take a major leap here and get rid of a guy who he's favored over a lot of guys that have outperformed him. And is that something he's going to do? I really, and a guy also that had a very, very good postseason for us last year. I understand that. 
And it's I not think, for him. They probably don't get out of the first round. And I think the postseason is going to be a big spot for Bird again. And I'm not sitting here telling you I want the Yankees to do this. What I'm telling you is when you have these problems that you're presenting to me, Greg Bird becomes the odd man out if he has to be. Who do you want in your lineup? Miguel Andujar or Greg Bird? Well, Who do you want in your lineup? John Carlos I just Stanton don't, or Greg I, Bird? I don't think these Torres are questions you can answer until after the season's over. I agree. We'll wait until the postseason plays out I agree, if they make but it in. It is topical because Greg Bird yeah. has been, yeah, you know, it's definitely topical. He's been a guy that everyone scolds all year. I said scolds again for you. Uh, and cool. you're trying, he's a guy that we've tried to defend so many times. Mm-hmm. And it's frustrating as, as you know, a group here that we've been defending guys like Sanchez or Bird, and then they never live up to to what we're defending them on. And it's frustrating because you see the potential. You know how good Greg Bird can be. He's shown you glimpses of it. It's not like Chris Carter where uh, he was batting like a buck 50 and had like three home runs over the course of 30 games. He's not. An, he shouldn't be an automatic out, and sometimes he is, especially in big spots. And yeah, I'm sorry, he's, he's I, hitting 216 with a 305 on base percentage. That's not good enough. In 63 for me. games. That's not good enough for me. That's horrible. Do Do they have on there his uh, batting average at runners in scoring position somewhere? Let's see if I can pull that up. I don't know. I mean, we'll see. Like you said, it's not something that they're going to decide uh, midseason, but they're showing us glimpses of how they truly feel about him. Yeah, well, now Luke Voigt isn't there, so he's not going to have to worry about getting pinch hit for. Yeah, by the powerful, almighty Luke Voigt. thought that guy would have at least ran. He's so big, you thought he, he would have ran into a couple of. I don't think he hit one ball hard in his entire tenure up here. Uh, he did. He actually had a very big base hit. Against the White Sox late in that game. It was like a bloop. No, it wasn't. It got through. It got. It was hit between third baseman and shortstop. Oh, that was. The, didn't he have? He picked up two RBIs against the uh, the Rangers in the blow in the game that they lost. That was like a. No, blooper. no. I'm talking about in the White Sox game when you. I think you fell asleep. It was the 13 inning game. Yeah, I fell asleep at the end. Sorry, he's I'm he's old. the reason why that inning uh, got going. I believe. So let's have a Luke Voigt day at Yankee Stadium. Yeah, bobblehead. Speaking of which, can people uh, relax themselves here? I'm reading, seeing all these tweets because the Yankees are going to honor the 1998 team this upcoming weekend. Oh, that uh, killing Derek Jeter that he's not going to be there. Yeah, come on. You Momos realize that he uh, he owns a, another major league franchise right now. <laughs> That's why the Yankees went ahead and retired his number so quickly. Yeah. Because they knew that was coming. They knew he was going to jump on the first chance he got to to own a team. No one knew it was going to come that quickly. No, I think we all knew. I think we knew in the stadium at that point that it was close, right? Uh, not necessarily, I don't think. No, because it was last year. It was last year. Yeah, no. There was a lot of rumors surrounding it at that point. Yeah, no. Oh, yeah, you're right. I keep thinking that was such a long time ago. Uh, speaking of Derek Jeter and the Miami Marlins, how about the big trade that Derek Jeter made with the New York Yankees in the offseason to bring in Mr. Giancarlo Stanton here? Yeah, and a, and a guy who was booed for his entire first month here and and spilled into his second month. And now, and now tell me, who's been the most consistent and dominant offensive force in this lineup? I mean, Giancarlo. I mean, Andujar's up there, but him in his yellow towel, <laughs> his interview towel. Is that like? Is that like code for like he's it's Big Bird? Like when he wears the yellow towel, is he like trying to signal somebody? Maybe. <laughs> like this is it's like John, his mating call, like Giancarlo Tinder. <laughs> he had a two thirty batting average in March and April, two sixty four batting average in May. 298 batting average in the month of June, 323 in July, and so far this month in 12 games, 313 batting average. Yeah, so this is what wow. I told you guys earlier. He had a bad April, he had an okay May, and he's been great the rest of the season. Great. Yeah. Phenomenal. And he is stepping up at a time when the Yankees need him the most. Absolutely. And, and 
Judge has been out 16 games. You have his run production totals, right? Mm-hmm. He's hitting 281 over that span with seven home runs, 18 hits, 15 RBI, 15 runs, all of that in 64 at-bats. In, in 16 games since Judge has been out, he's averaging basically an RBI game, which is phenomenal. He's got seven dingers. Seven dinks. So, I mean, what more do you want from the guy right now? Nah, he's, I mean, he's starting to get on a stretch now where he's hitting a home run, it feels like, every single game. Six out of his last seven games, he's went deep. Um, Which was really the last piece of this puzzle because he's been hitting the ball hard and, and finding gaps for a while now. But the last piece of the puzzle was when are we going to get that stretch where it feels like every single game Stanton's hitting one you know, 400 feet. You know what you don't feet. notice about him when he you don't watch him every day? You figure, oh, he's a big slugger. He's got the big loop in his swing, the launch angle and the whole thing. Mm-hmm. He's got an incredibly level swing for... He really does. He really does. But think about just the week that he's had, too. Just setting the tone in some of these games. Yesterday, first inning, home run, gets the Yankees off and running. Right? He, he should have been the hero in... The Sonny Gray 13-inning game because he hit the game-winning home run in the 10th inning before Zach Britton gave it up. But he had the big grand slam against Giolito the next night, right? Yeah, that, uh, that was one of the biggest home runs for this team all year. So, I mean, just in the last week, he's had three three really big home runs. I'm sure I'm missing something that really set the tone in the game or, or should have won a game if it wasn't for the bullpen. So, I mean, the guy is on a tear right now. At a time when the Yankees need him the most, I mean, somebody tweeted this yesterday and they said, you don't need John Carlos Stan. The Yankees didn't need John Carlos Stan <clears throat> until they needed John Carlos Stan. Yeah. And I mean, what more? You really couldn't ask for a guy to perform better at a at a more, more crucial time, time. Yeah. right? Because you needed somebody to step up while Judge was out. And you know what I noticed, too? And Stan was the guy to step up. He was the guy that was capable of coming in here and producing and making you not miss Judge as much. I noticed watching back some of his home runs of late, there's a big, big difference in Giancarlo Stanton at the plate. When he connects with one now, he looks so smooth. Where it felt like every single at-bat when he was pressing felt like he had alligator arms. Like, he was just... Yeah, he didn't I, I look comfortable. explain it. He didn't look like a good hitter. No, he it looked like it was all arm. Now he's, He'll never admit it because he's stubborn like that. But he's opened up his stance so much in yeah, the last I noticed that couple too. of months. And it was glaring <clears throat> to us yesterday being that close to him while it was hitting that he's not nearly as closed off. So now he can recognize and, and react to those sl- the, the sliders... <laughs> Away much better. Speaking of A-Rod, you said it yesterday, which I couldn't agree with you more on either. He is the Alex Rodriguez of the Yankees now, where if he doesn't perform, fans are going to get on his ass, and when he does, they're going to love him. Do you think, now it took A-Rod a little, little bit of time to be successful in the postseason, do you think Giancarlo Stanton is a guy who, right out of the gate, he's big? He comes up big for this team. In I think October? he comes up dig big in the post. Dig big, for, baby, <laughs> for the Yankees. I do year. too. I see him as a guy who is just so focused, doesn't care about anything except winning and picking up his team. You know the guy wants to win, and I love that mentality. A yeah, guy- he's kind of an asshole. He kind of is. He's kind of like a. You know, Giancarlo, how do you feel about not being in the All-Star game? Uh, I don't care. I've been there before. So, okay. That's awesome. I I love that about him. Giancarlo, why'd you strike out tonight? Why are you ugly? <laughs> right. He's one of those. He's that guy. Okay. And I that's think, great. I and I no... think that plays well in New York and especially in the postseason. I don't think any moment ever is too big for Giancarlo San. Nothing is too big for Nothing. Big Bick. Big Bick. <laughs> Nickname in Miami, carried over to New York. Uh, no, um, I mean, what? There's nothing more you can say about John Carlos Stan. I mean, sure, I'm sure he'll hit a cold patch and he'll get booed again, but it's really unfair. The guy's gonna hit. Oh, I don't think he hits a cold patch for the rest of the year. You, you never. I mean, it's baseball. You tweeted this out the other day. 
if he finishes 280, 40, and 105, what he was on pace for, is that, a, is that meet your expectations? And people were saying no. There were a lot of people saying yes. But my I, there was enough people that said no. They're like, what are you thinking? You had a slugger here that came over from the Miami Marlins, New York Yankees, in his first year. He hit 280, drove in over 100, and hit 40 home runs. And that's not enough for you? Yeah. Yeah, I mean... He's putting together a very, very, very nice I get season. he had 59 home runs last year, but that's unrealistic to expect a guy to do that on a consistent basis. And and you know what, too? we Like you guys were just saying, you gotta, you got to break it down by situation here. I mean, a big part of a player's value is him picking up the team when they need him the most. That's exactly what he's doing right now. And for that alone, you love the kind of season he's putting together. Because like that tweet where they didn't need Stanton until they needed him, man, imagine where they'd be right now without him in this lineup. They'd be struggling to score runs without him. Oh, my God. And they were for a while still. But he's won them a lot of games of late. Speaking of winning games, we're going to wrap up here because the Yankees are going to take the field any any moment now. Hopefully – you know, Sevy has his stuff tonight. We see the electric slider. I just want him to match DeGrom. That's all I'm asking. What if DeGrom gives a five in the first inning? Want him to match that? No. <laughs> but he's not going to. Uh, he's not going to. Jacob DeGrom is that good. I mean, he just doesn't have games like that. Now that Shane Robinson's been on the bench two straight days, is everybody off the ledge now? Off the ledge now. I mean, no, I'm I just glad- hate seeing him being an available player at this point. I'm glad that the Yankees actually came out and publicly said that John Carlos has been battling a tight hammy. I mean, I knew about it and was tweeting about it since the Red Sox series when I saw him heard it and was able to independently confirm that he was battling something, but it, nobody really cared to take any heed of that until the Yankees actually said it. Like, yeah, this is what happens when you're down to your fourth string outfielder, just because you're the New York Yankees doesn't mean that you have an all star all the way down to your fourth string really, outfielder. Really, and it's even it even goes further than fourth string because you got Ellsbury and Frazier ahead of them on the depth chart. <laughs> yeah. If you think and you about traded it, so he's Billy like the McKinney. Si- he's the sixth string outfielder right now. Yeah, you think Aaron Judge is hurt, Clint Frazier's hurt, Ellsbury's hurt. You traded Billy McKinney, who I would. Gather would be up here and over even him. Even if the 100%. Yankees wanted to throw Florial into the mix, he was hurt this year. He missed a lot of time. All right, let me ask you this. Yeah. Jacob DeGrom has had 23 starts this season. Yep. How many of those starts did he give up more than three earned runs? In 23 starts, you're saying? Yes. I'm going to go with God. two. More than three runs? Earned runs? Yep. Three. One. I was going to say one. He had one, one, one star oh where he gave up more than three runs. It's crazy. Good Lord. And he's going to have two. <laughs> and he's, what, six and seven? Okay. So out of 23 starts, how many games did he give up one or less earned runs? 19. 17. 15. Okay. Still really impressive. That's five. unbelievable. <laughs> really impressive. And he has six wins. Yeah. <laughs> And the crazy thing is... In the major leagues. And the crazy thing is, he's in the National League, right? On a team that doesn't score runs for him, so you'd think late in the game he's getting pinch hit for and he's not going to go deep into games. He, he's in the seventh, eighth inning almost every game. It's unbelievable. He's had at least one game where, if it wasn't for his offensive production, they don't win the game. Cray. He he came through. I think he had a two-run double or something. I mean, they Jacob won two-one. De- Jacob DeGrom is that good where I can sit here and tell you he's not going to give up five earned runs in the first inning. But, hey, everything I seem to say goes the opposite, yeah, so fine. maybe that's going to happen Keep talking. Now. All right, so. Wait, let me just say one thing. I want, I want to, off the top of my head, just try and think if I could pull it all together here. We talk about CC. Maybe he's fallen off and they should think about replacing him. What does he do? He goes out and throws two brilliant games after that episode. We talk about how Andujar is much better than you think, and all of a sudden Andujar starts showing everybody, you know, what what he's actually been scouted on for the last however many years with poor defense. We talk about Sanchez isn't lazy, blah blah blah. Yeah. We have a whole episode. That was about the worst it. one. And then Sanchez comes out and walks down. The, the Red Sox game. aren't any good. Red Sox aren't any good. Yeah. They need to prove it to me. They kill us four games in a row. 
So, hey, Jacob DeGrom, there's no way he gives up five runs tonight, especially in the first inning. All right. Okay. Moments away from finding that out. So. <laughs> All right, so episode 64. I said Stack Guy Ride would have fun today. I knew so. this is what you were talking about. <laughs> Go for it. Rumble. Rumble. Yes, in 2000. I knew it. In 2015, Nick Rumble Award number 64. Knew it. Who's your other one that you like to share? Tinder. Who? Oh, Goody. Nick Goody in 2016 wore number 64. Also, Francisco Cervelli oh, yeah. in 2008. Um. Rob Refsnyder in one of his 89 appearances as a Yankee wore number 64. Uh, ben Gamble, who's had a nice little resurgence in Seattle. Is a relief and, pitcher uh, that wore 64, another one. Uh, remember Garrett Cooper? Yeah. Who is really, Luke Voigt is this year's Garrett Cooper in my, yeah. that they'll trade for international slot money next <laughs> year. And uh, Domingo Herman in his major league debut wore number 64 last season. All so. right. So, uh, episode 64, I felt like this was a pretty good one. Yeah. We, so, you know, we had a lot to cover. We hadn't yeah. been on in a week. I think we did it pretty uh, and efficiently. Our, and our one-year anniversary coming up in a few days. Yeah, so I'm getting ready a big giveaway for the uh, one-year anniversary. Uh, cool. As part of the uh, outing yesterday, we got a lot of Yankee swag. And I'm going to put together a prize basket, I guess, for lack of a better term. For our one-year anniversary, probably be a prize box because you got to ship it. Yeah, you do have to put yeah. it in something. <laughs> so. <laughs> uh, so that and our buddy the Skinelli, I don't know if you know this, but he won the caption news contest for all the judge collectibles, uh-huh. and he only wanted the pop. Really, he wanted us to spread the love around. Look at that to other listeners. That's a good follow- follower so, right there. I don't know if I'm going to split the it in two giveaways. Or put everything all in one. I'm not sure right. yet. But we'll figure it out. Figure it out. But there is definitely a big giveaway coming for our one year anniversary. I guess we'll say our one year anniversary show will be on Sunday. Yeah. I will be at the Jersey Shore on Sunday. You two momos will have to handle this on your own. Nice. Although that I would be the best show. Ever I'm gonna done. I'm calling in to do the open and then I'm gonna entrust you guys not to screw this up. Oh my god. It'll literally be the Best show you've ever heard. Actually, it'll be fun for you, seriously, to not be here for it and actually listen to it as, like, one of our listeners. I think that'd be pretty cool. I don't know. I let you kind of control the show about the Red Sox, and it was our worst show ever. It was actually our (laughs) highest rated show. So, if you want to keep going, that's fine. But it was our highest rated show in probably three months. You know, my cousin says you're easily triggered, so and you just were easily triggered again right there. (laughs) Well, I just spit facts, and you and uh, you, you lie about spit things. Nonsense. Yeah, they're not any good. Meanwhile, four games later, the Yankees are ten games out of first place <laughs> now. <laughs> so we'll talk to you again Sunday. Uh, hopefully, it will be after another uh, collection of wins here for the Yankees. Uh, what are, what we are got? We lo- the Rays and then Toronto. Rays, Toronto, Chicago, Detroit. So when we speak again on Sunday, we got. You guys are what planning to record after the game Sunday? Yeah, probably. We'll wing it. So you know, I'm thinking next seven games. Let's go five and two in those seven games. Absolutely. Let's go five yeah. and two. I, like I think that would be a great stretch for the. I Yankees. like that. Can I get home for one of those games, please? All right. Are you just What's... gonna beatbox now? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, thank you for uh, listening to episode 6040 NYY Sports Talk podcast. Um, new merch dropping. Uh, so ha- hopefully you'll listen to this show, right? Right. You'll go to Best Buy. You'll pick up your Blu-ray copy of The Avengers Infinity War. And then because you listen to our pod and watch the movies, you'll go and buy our brand new T-shirt that will tie the Yankees into The Avengers. Yeah. So, looking forward to that. Uh, NYYST20 saves you 20% always at checkout. So, definitely head over to NYY Sports Talk, pick up some merch. Uh, also, check out the link description to this pod for the links to our social media accounts. Uh, I don't even know what you're going to say now. Do I even want to throw it to you at this point in the show? Who, me? Yeah, you. Did you know Neil Walker became the first second baseman in Yankee history to hit uh, home runs from both sides of the plate in a game? Random facts, right? Nice. Cahill got lit up. 
uh, his last start. You, you're still on that. <laughs> Trevor Cahill. You're still on that. Yeah, he went four innings, gave like seven. Ryan. I'm rooting for the guy. I'm pulling for him. I'm pulling for Trevor. Guy Ryan. Thanks. Thanks for fact, oh, guy Ryan. Fact, guy Ryan. I appreciate you coming, spending part of your evening with us. I enjoy being here. Chris! I kinda like you. Say goodbye. <laughs>